51st Annual Science Fair. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And as you can probably tell, I continue to be sick. So that's super fun for me. You should really take care more of yourself more. In what way? Um, eating right, taking multivitamins. I do uh, one of those things. Yeah, you do. I take vitamins. <laughs> yeah. Well, and all that's left is to eat right. Yeah. Those are my two suggestions you allowed me to get out there. You mean, so I'm supposed to eat conservative politicians? Yes. Eat the rich. That's yeah. what the saying has always been, Brennan. Listen. It's like eating the rich keeps the doctor away. Yeah. Eating um, the rich and there's nothing left to bitch. Yeah, sure. Um. Anyway, the reason we have time to screw around in the opening is we have no 10-word reviews because we <clears throat> recorded the previous episode pretty close to this one. Unless, should we talk about our New Year's selection of High School Musical? Sure. I, I, I would love and to hear. And Sex in the City, too. Oh, yeah. We've had. Uh, yeah, I guess we could talk about that a little bit. Um, our New Year's Eve tradition is we pick a double feature of movies. Sergio just picked an episode of You as his movie, and I picked High School Musical because the opening scene takes place on New Year's. It was perfect. So what's your 10-word review of that? Um, Off the top of your head. High school kids prove that their feelings are dumb. Mm, and my review is every song a bop, every actor an icon. That's true. Truly, well, no. That's only true for the first, legendary. like the main two, for the actors. Yeah. Look, just in in my mind, like Monique Coleman has much more stands stance in the culture than she does. I, that's fair. Because um, I was like, ain't no one really keeping up with Ashley Tisdale. Uh, yeah. As much as I think she was a talent in this movie, um, the culture disagrees that's true i mean she's the the centerpiece of high school musical she's so fun in it yeah she was you know this is the first time i've seen this movie and uh-huh. i had a lot more fun watching her character than watching vanessa hudgens and her like not to shit talk anyone but like her voice in this was very annoying for me yeah it's very it's got a lot of vocal fry it's very like untrained actress voice mm-hmm. like she's just seems like a high schooler which is you know authentic i guess she did seem like one of the chipmunks. Yeah. Also, I noticed as an adult watching this movie for the f- I haven't watched it since I was bare minimum in high school, perhaps junior high. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, the sound mixing is pretty bad in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like every single song sounds really canned. Like it does sound like it was recorded in studio, which all songs are in musicals pretty much. Mm-hmm. But you can really hear it. You can hear the tinniness of it, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that sounds not coming out of their mouth. Hmm. Um, and then just most of the sound design is pretty, pretty wretched, honestly, mm-hmm. but I love it. It's so fun. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. So our next movie, sex in the city too. Yeah. Uh, every, <clears throat> we accidentally started a tradition where I think in 2016, we watched the sex in the city movie, the 2008 film on new year's day. And then for some reason we did the same thing exactly two years later, also on new year's day. And I noticed that, and I was like, hmm, that's strange. So since then, we're, we've are we been watching one of the two movies <laughs> on New Year's Day. So here's Sex and the City 2. Um, 
That was really unnecessary, Brennan, to explain that. I just thought it was a fun little insight into the shit that we do to our eyeballs and brains. Uh, all right. So capitalism runs amok, and the four gals are racist. Hephaestus. <laughs> yeah, we decided that the the fifth girl was the god Hephaestus. <laughs> um, Time for her to shine. My review is just this movie is crimes. Like, there, it is nonstop crimes. That's true. All right. So now that we're done with this nonsense, yeah. let's go ahead and to get talking to the, about what we're here to talk about. Oh, my God. We are so... Our energy is all over the map. We came back from a run. We did. Yeah. Like, we've got... I've got my, my sickness energy and also the just getting back from a run tiredness slash endorphins energy. It's kind of wild in mm-hmm. here. And in this body, yeah. it's wild. Right. We loved... Okay, we're going to just read the damn book. Okay. Oh, my God. No. It's a DVD. It's, it's a, a Blu-ray. Blu-ray. We watched this the way it was meant to be seen in HD. Um, yeah, so we watched Igor, as promised, many, many months ago. Um, here's the some of the stuff on the back. Synopsis. Yeah. Plot summary. Yeah. Determined to prove he can win the evil science fair, a lowly but lovable lab assistant named Igor attempts to create a ferocious Franken-monster who turns out to be a singing, dancing, gentle giant. That's it. Yeah, that's it. The rest of more, more words. There's more words, but it's just a list of the cast. Okay. Uh, an all-star voice cast, including John Cusack, Molly Shannon, Jay Leno, and John Cleese, and ignoring Sean Hayes and Steve Buscemi, who are in it way more than most of those people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's weird. Why wouldn't Steve Buscemi get top billing? I don't know. He's like a famous name. People love Steve Buscemi. Yeah, of course. Also, Arsenio Hall was in it apparently. I think he might have been the like Invisible Man. Oh, I think you're right. And Eddie Izzard play the bad guy. Okay, cool. You like him. I do like him. He's very funny. Not necessarily in films, Uh (laughs) but I like his comedy a lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. Uh, For this month, I think we're going to have to, like, kind of zhuzh these up a little bit and kind of make them fit. Uh Like, in this case, I think effects should be, like, animation Uh and not, like, you know, effects. Uh Um, But let's start with scariness. Out of five, what do we got? One. Yeah, me too. Okay, children's <laughs> movie. Yeah, it it's 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 a sweet movie. It does have a much more macabre tint than you would probably expect. Mm-hmm. It's very death obsessed and very creepy crawly, which I did find fun. And not not even in the like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas way or even like the Paranorman way. It just seems kind of cruel in a way that I wasn't anticipating, because it is about someone who's trying to commit evil. And the idea that the Frankenstein monster that he's created might be killing blind orphans, like, is a sense of, like, shock to him. But also, once he finds out she is not murdering the orphans, he's kind of mad about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's just, it's a little grimmer than you would think. Mm-hmm. But still, I, it's not scary. Yeah. I found that to be just delightful. That's truly where the movie gets its humor from. And that's going to lead us straight into campiness. Hell yeah. So, Brennan, what's your campiness score? Three. What's yours? I give it a four. Ooh, okay. Are there any moments that are highlights to you in terms of campiness or, like, funny moments? Um, I like the fact that Brain's name was Brian. Because he, he, he is a brain in a jar, but he just didn't pick a smart brain. Yeah. <laughs> so he just can't do anything. Yeah, and then he just came up with the name Brian. And that was, like, his sad thing the entire movie. Because he misspelled his own name. Yeah, I liked how uh, the other invention by Igor, the little rabbit dude, uh-huh. as played by Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm. like he just constantly was trying to kill himself. 
Yeah, no, see, again, grim. Because he made the rabbit immortal and the rabbit does not want to be. So, I mean, there are a lot of jokes about him just kind of mutilating himself, like, to escape situations. Like, they, they are all, like, hooked up to this, like, trash compactor thing that's going to tear them apart. And the rabbit literally just gnaws off his own feet and to help them escape mm-hmm. because they'll just grow right back because he's immortal. Mm-hmm. The science behind that is a little weird, but we it's, don't question. It's an Igor evil science cartoon. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's also a part where literally his head gets blown open by a greeting card, and you watch his brain grow back. It is grotesque. It was beautiful. Um, what other funny scenes were there? I liked the campiness involving Arsenio Hall's character, how he was like sort of a hard-hitting journalist, but also like an entertainment journalist. Yeah, and also he didn't wear pants. Yeah. That was funny. Asking the hard questions. My God. The pants-related questions to his yeah. constituents. Gross. Anyway, um, I think this movie had a kind of, of a fun kind of punny quality to it in, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Um, like, I really, really liked... Well, first of all, we haven't even talked about the weird dystopia that's kind of happening here. Um, where Igor lives in a land called Malaria. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why couldn't they just set it in Transylvania? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, I mean, another pun thing, but not a funny one. Mm. Um, but so the land used to be like this kind of sunny paradise, but there have been storm clouds overhead for many a generation at this point. And, you know, the crops were dying out and people were sad. And so the one industry that they turned to was just in making evil inventions and being mad scientists. Mm-hmm. Um so basically they got the other countries of the world to pay them not to murder them with their evil inventions, which, you know, that's, uh, you know, a very trenchant observation on modern global politics. Um, right. Yeah, no, it was very political, um, which surprised me because I didn't catch that on the first viewing. What with me being in high school and dumb and all. Uh huh. Um, but yeah. And then, it's one of those things where it's like, be yourself. Like people are telling you the way you need to be, but you don't always have to be that because Igor was born with a hunch. He becomes an Igor. Like anyone with a hunchback becomes like an assistant mm-hmm. and they have to go to Igor school in order to learn how to talk all, all slurred. Like, rah, rah, rah. yeah, um, I found that to be so sad for Igor. Yeah. He, he just wanted to speak normal in his adorable John Cusack voice with his big eyes. They're uh-huh. just staring at me right now. Um, but he needed to speak that way, otherwise his doctor could not perform appropriately or whatever. Yeah, like it, it's it's you know they're training to be the supporting role in a Frankenstein movie, mm-hmm. um, which is it's pretty grim. Again, very dark. This is a dark movie. Yeah. Um, the fate that is doled out to these poor sad Igors. Um, but anyway, uh, one of my favorite puns, and this kind of opened the movie. So I was like, you know what, this is not going to be the worst movie for me. Um, but he got a yes master's degree. <laughs> So like yes, master. Um, also, I really like the idea. Like he was trying to make a truly evil monster when he created life. So he put an evil bone in into her finger mm-hmm. because I just thought that was a fun pun that wasn't ever called attention to. Of because people they'll be like, oh, they don't they don't even have an evil bone in their body, mm-hmm. um, but this person literally does, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was fun. It was radioactive too, which is glowed in the dark. Yeah, and then there's just like funny silly lines like i know about dr clickenstein and his deadness <laughs> mm-hmm. um well, we haven't even talked about uh, molly shannon's character yet really as and eva 
the monster. Eva. Yeah, she's not evil, but she's Eva. Oh, deliver us from Eva, man. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, that's a good movie. We're gonna watch that tonight. Okay. Um, so I'm like, you only heard that movie because you stalk it, right? Yeah, at work. Yeah, for sure. Um, all the time. So yeah, Eva's character. She's uh, originally she has no words or, or really like any character at all. She just exists to be kind of nice. But then oh. he like puts her through this weird like training thing to oh make her another evil. another pun it's like a car wash for brains it's called the brainwash yeah that was a good one um but be brain being the genius that he is uh kind of fucked up her transformation or whatever and so now she's not really uh evil she's just wants to be an actress yeah like well it's it's supposed to be a clockwork orange kind of thing mm-hmm. they're trying to force her to watch all these images of violence and monsters and horribleness mm-hmm. but he changes it to an episode of inside the actor's studio yeah Go James Lipton. Uh, and so Molly Shannon emerges wanting to be an actress. And she is determined to be Annie. There's a lot of Annie going on, which I loved. Wait, yeah, strange. Um, because he was like, he was trying to convince her that the evil science fair, which also adorable. I mm-hmm. love that it's called a science fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's trying to convince her that it's an audition for a part because he's like, I can trick her into acting evil and accomplishing these things. Um, but she's like, oh, an audition for what? Is it for Annie? And he's just like, yes. Instead of saying, oh, it's for Frankenstein or something. Like something where she would have to act evil. Mm-hmm. Um, dumb move on his part. But so, yeah, she thinks she's auditioning for Annie. And even when she's evil, she's fully singing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow. Yeah. And she has some pretty good vocals in that. That scene was fun. Go Molly Shannon. We stand. Yeah. Um some other parts she made gifts for them which were so nice she finally got brain brain his little name tag that said brain Uh uh-huh even eva is smarter than him and she was born literally yesterday she's an intelligent being um what else happens uh jennifer coolidge is in this movie she certainly is in this movie yeah What, what was that was that commentary was that subtle shade no, not really. It's it's not one of my favorite roles of hers. I don't uh-huh. I don't think she gets to shine in her Jennifer Coolidge way. Well, she's not. You don't get to see her, but I think she had fun with the voices and stuff. Yeah, I think she did. She played a total of like five or six different characters. That is true. And each one of them had their own different voice. And I mean, most of them were some variation of like Russian sort of. Uh, Transylvanian. Yeah, whatever. Um, indeterminate Eastern European. Well, she plays like what, Helga? That That's a very German one. Uh-huh. And they were fun. Um, so good true. for her. Well, the range. Yeah. She has the range. She does have the range. Well, I think I think the, the delights of Jennifer Coolidge is that she is completely untamable. And she, like literally I was reading, when we watched Austin Land, I was reading the, uh, the trivia on that. And they were like, the director literally couldn't get Jennifer Coolidge to say the lines that were written on the script. She would just be like, I got this. <laughs> and that probably is kind of, hell to work with but she's so funny <laughs> and you're just like whatever let's do it like mm-hmm. it's funnier than anything we could have come up with anyway mm-hmm. but in animation you can't really improvise in that way no. so like her powers are kind of uh curtailed yeah unless they recorded it beforehand but i doubt that that's a thing that happens although some animators like do watch the actors like uh as they're like voice recording and then incorporate some of their movements in along with the character no i i don't know i think they i think they do voice record first i mean i guess it just depends but i always wonder about the specifics of it because the if they record the if they you know animate the mouths first Mm -hmm. then the actors have to speak at a very specific tempo and that seems really challenging to give a performance that way 
So I imagine they do it the other way around. Mm. But who knows? Yeah. Animators, let us know how it works. Please. Tell us how the sausage is made. So, um, yeah. Any uh, other campaigns or should we move on? Uh, I mean, there's plenty more, I feel, but I can't think of it right now. Sure. Okay. So I guess we move on. That right. answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your FX and or animation score? Uh, I have to give it a three. Okay. Because the movie was released some 15 years ago. It was in 2008. Was it? Was it 2005? No. Oh, fine. The movie was released some 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So the animation was different then. Not as good Not as today. Not that different. Not as good as today. Toy Story 3 would come out like two years after this. And that's arguably the worst Toy Story ever. Um, Toy Story 4 exists. How can you make this argument? I don't know. I don't really care for Toy Story 3. Um, but that's me and my personal vendettas against movies. Uh, you do have those. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, like the animation in Toy Story 3 is fine. You're right. The animation is not the best. Um, but it had decent like zaps and like electricity going on. Sure. It, like it had decent effects-ish. It tried. Yeah. It tried something different. Look, I'm giving this a two out of five. Yeah. I, I find the character design in this movie to be un- unfathomably ugly. What do you mean? Like, Igor is kind of cute. And I, I get the sense that, like, I get, I like the idea that they're going for the surreal designs of these characters. And I do get some some hints of, like, Gandhi Tartakovsky, who does, like, uh, Hotel Transylvania and Samurai Jack in the kind of, like, in the stylization of it. Um, but they're just, they're almost brutalist in the art of the creation of these characters. It, they're really uncanny to look at. Like especially Jennifer Coolidge's character, who her her she has like a Hey Arnold head, but her neck ah. her neck is like a straw, mm-hmm. and then she has like is her her not her bust like her shoulders are really round also, but her boobs are very small and, and like conical like Madonna that mm-hmm. cone bra that she had, mm-hmm. but they're like very thin, mm-hmm. and then she has like no waist, and then her butt goes out like a mile behind her mm-hmm. and it's not it's not even a grotesque character of like sexy lady it's it's just pointy. grotesque it's nothing it's, it's so see i agree with you but the movie has a lot of angles itself like i feel like the movie's really angular like just the animation style is angular and sharp yeah and they're creatures of this world so logically they would look kind of like it um and i i get that and i i think I, I think it is in service to the weird tone that this movie has, mm-hmm. but I just don't like to look at it. Yeah. I felt like the movie was an alt type of a movie. It's a movie for kind of like the weird kid out there. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's it's alternative to Hollywood, too. This is mainly a French production. Yeah, see, so it's alt in that sense, too. So so I that's why I give it a three. Um, because I remember when the movie came out, I was like, oh, that movie looks weird and ugly. But then when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, the weird and ugliness works. And I think it works again. Like you said, in service to the tone that the movie is trying to set. Yeah, which is, the movie is a, it's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate and mm-hmm. respect. Like, it obviously, it has its, like, kind of generic children's movie themes of, like, accepting yourself and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's such a weird approach to it. Um and I will say my favorite little bit of character design is uh, part of in, in, in the character of Brain, 
Um, I really like because he's just a brain in a jar with like one claw arm. Uh-huh. Um, but I really <laughs> like his mouth, which is just a li- a little line of electricity across the front that mm-hmm. kind of moves in the shape of a mouth. Mm-hmm. I really really liked that detail of mm-hmm. his design. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, Igor's kind of cute. But beyond that, I guess the the king of this town, um, who kind of looks like a cockroach. Uh-huh. Um, that's a pretty interesting design. Yeah, his character was gross. Yeah. Um and then what about the handsome doctor? Oh yeah, I I do him. Okay, so I mean, like you can see that the designs work for certain characters, right? Yeah. No, do you think I, that they were all like kind of well thought out for that character? Yeah. No. Exactly. I I think the designs are very intentional, mm-hmm. and I think it it accomplishes what they're looking to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But aesthetically, I feel assaulted by them sometimes like it's like i do not like to look at this an assault on the senses yeah says brennan which you know again is not a terrible thing i guess it Mm -hmm. just it hurts Mm -hmm. no fair enough the animation is rough um i'd be interested in seeing like what else the studio has made to see if like they've improved yeah i don't know kept up with the times uh but I don't really care enough to visit a studios who's not, you know, Pixar or DreamWorks. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. Were there any other design? Like, how did the design elements treat you? I thought they were fine. Um, it is a little jarring because it's like, oh, this movie is not aged well. Um, but uh, yeah, like I thought the story more than made up for it. Okay. Fair enough. I guess let's move on to overall quality. Uh, what do you think of this movie? Three. Hey, me too. What would you have given it when you watched it when you were younger? Probably a four. Okay. Because I was dumb. And I think I wanted to buy it when I was younger. Oh. Well, and now yeah. we own it. Yeah. On it was, Blu-ray. Yes. And it will stay in my collection forever. Um, yeah. I thought it's a cute story. Um, it's slightly unconventional. Um, I think it tackles some pretty big themes. Mm-hmm. And does so with gusto. Uh, and uh, I just I like Igor just looking at him. He has he has a cute face. Yeah, I feel that. I do, and I I, I agree. Like this is not a perfect film, and the animation it is like cheap CGI animation in the sense of like everything kind of seems like a smear. Like everything like in motion, it just feels a little off in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the kind of uncanny element to it, even though it kind of perturbed me in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how much of Annie there is. I like that Molly Shannon gets to full uh, per- give a full performance of The Sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's wrecking everything left and right. Yeah, it's a weird-ass movie. But look, I like weird things. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't love it, mm-hmm. but I had a good time. Yeah. What would you say like was something that kept you away from loving it? Because um, I thought it hit the right spot, what with like... The characters um, with the lovable henchman having his own little sidekicks and Mm. them getting their own just do and he treats them well um, and they all have like this weird dynamic and it's great and we see them growing and loving one another and we see their character growth like Uh the movie to me had like a just hit the right formula it's very formulaic yeah hit the like has the right sauce so to speak I guess so I mean obviously that that some of the character design was my big hurdle but also. I mean, maybe the genericness of the structure of that part, like mm-hmm. the idea of the two sidekicks is very Disney and a lot of the like tone and message was very like cheesy kids movie boilerplate. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of wish it maybe gone even like a little crazier in terms of the structure, mm-hmm. if not tone and design, which is obviously out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like to, 
It was a horror children's movie that did feel kind of unhinged Mm -hmm. in a way. Like it feels just off. And I do respect that. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So I think that's, that's that. Would you recommend people watch this movie? Uh, Because I would say yes. I don't know that I would necessarily. You have to know what you're getting yourself into. Uh You have to, I don't know. What can they hate watch it? No, I don't. I, I don't think this movie is hateable. Because like, like Sex just, in the City too was a hate watch for oh, us. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, no, I wouldn't say hate watch it. It's just like if you are an animation buff in some way, or if you're, you know, just if you have the acquired taste that is whatever this movie is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who I would recommend it to, but I'm sure someone will like it enough. It's just it, it's not strong enough for me to recommend or not really. It, it's really a case-by-case basis. Okay. It doesn't answer my question, but okay. I'm sorry. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's so poetic. Okay. Um, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars, because why the hell not? Uh, we got more Frankenstein goodness coming your way next week. Uh, we're going to really have to figure out how to talk about this movie because it's not even a horror movie, but we're doing Gods and Monsters, uh, the Bill Condon movie starring Ian McKellen as James Whale, the director of Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Woohoo! Queer movies! Yeah, we stand. Queer cinema. Hooray. Yes. Um, but until that fateful day, uh, good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.